Welcome to Power Trader Radio's Trade Talk, the show designed exclusively for the savvy stock trader or investor of today. With the latest market analysis and strategies, stock market tips and tricks, investments with options and spread trades, near report, news, events, analysis, and research, we put it together for you. Hosted by Andy Peterson and Mark Eli. And now here are your co-hosts, Andy Peterson. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is February 28th. It's a Wednesday. It's 5 p.m. Markets have closed. And I'm with Mark Eli for episode 118. Say hi, Mark. Hi, guys. Hey. Um, this is episode hi, 118. Hey, Mark. This is episode 118, um, and we really do have 117 other shows. Um, three of these shows are very recent, but the other ones, we've had a bit of a buffer in time between the 115 and then shows 16, 17, and 18. And that's because uh, Trade Caddy has a history, um, and then uh, basically like a phoenix rising from the flames, uh, we have been reborn, um, and I guess it's not really under new leadership, but at least new direction in, in many senses of the word. Um, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit today. Uh, I'm the, as Andy Peterson, uh, that's what I go by. Uh, my name is Andy. You guys can call me Andy if you want to. Um, I'm the chief o- uh, operating officer of Trade Caddy. Now, we um, started this company back up. Um, just about 18 months ago, because Mark Eli, who is uh, the inventor um, uh, of Trade Caddy and all of the wonderful tools that it has, uh, brilliant guy, but he needed somebody uh, to come alongside him and kind of help him with the business side of things, customer relations, and and believe it or not, with absolutely no um, real options trading background, we went ahead and partnered together uh, to bring basically TradeCaddy 2.0. The reason why I say all this is because he has been helping me along with his tools and education that he's already put together with understanding options. And um, just because, you know, I think I have a really super unique perspective on options trading. I'm 48 years old. Um, I've let my options I'm sorry, my investing left it to a uh, broker dealer to do it all for me through mutual funds, that sort of thing, um, up until about uh, the age 45. And I said, you know what, I need to start doing some of this stuff on my own, get a better handle on my own finances. And so Mark comes along at the perfect time and he's like, look, I need somebody to help me with this. I will teach you options trading. You're a computer programmer. You've been in in finance. I, I have. I've been in finance for the last 20 years. Uh, but not in this particular regard. And so I know I'm monologuing, Mark, and I'm sure you've got a lot to say, but all of this just to say um, that after 18 months of paper trading, I have placed my very first trade uh, in the market with real money this week. Yay! Yeah. It, yeah. It, I mean, let me tell you something. I mean, it was, you know, we can go ahead and just and do that silly little clap. But there's nothing like placing your first trade. It's amazing experience because you know what you're doing and to see the rewards 
Um, now, of course, the trade that I placed, we'll get a little bit into that. I've since placed another trade, so I've got two trades in play. I'd like to talk about both of them. Uh, and one of the great things about it is that with these trades, it's not as if I need to go to anybody anymore and say, what do you think about this? Uh, because everything that I have learned um, through practice, through paper trades, through options trading tools from Trade Caddy, I can now apply on my own. But at the same time, I have friends in the Trade Caddy space that allow me to kind of uh, uh, offer some advice uh, with regards to that. And so while I know, while I have 18 months of experience uh, paper trading, I've got um, plenty of, um, I, I have plenty of friends that Trade background, our trade caddy instructors, and Mark, who have much more experience. And so I have a great respect for these guys and a high reliance on the company um, to move forward because of the great experience that we have uh, with our instructors. So if you have a call, please dial in. Uh, you can call us at 914-338-1702. And Mark, um, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about uh, that very first trade that I placed. Um, I, this weekend, I was with a friend of mine who he works for J.P. Morgan, and J.P. Morgan, of course, um, he was very bullish on the company as a whole, and he's like, uh, I know you're into options trading, but you really ought to just get into this um, into this stock just for the long term. And so I said, well, that's very interesting. I'll go ahead and check it out. And so I went over to, uh, I looked at the stock, I looked at the charts, I looked at the, the technical analysis with the charts and the and, uh, fundamental fundamentals on the stock and J.P. Morgan and where it's going. I looked at interest rates that are, you know, going up and potentially higher. And um, I know that banking um, stocks kind of uh, do well in that kind of a market. And so my very first options trade, it, actually, I should qualify. This is my first options trade. I've actually traded before. Uh, or I've actually bought stocks before. But my first option trade ended up being a bull put on J.P. Morgan. And it was phenomenal, Mark. Um, <clears throat> so what I decided to do is, and I was, I was um, texting my friend who worked for J.P. Morgan back and forth, we ended up putting a uh, short put uh, strike at 116 and a long put strike at 115. And immediately uh, the stock shoots up from $114 to $118. <laughs> And like in the first day, and so Mark, I call you up, or no, maybe not the first day, maybe like uh, the next day. I think it was it was way above the short put strike. So at that right. point, Mark, we could we could have gone ahead and sold or bought that short put and made some money, right. but we decided not to do that. Why did we decide right. not to do that? Well, a good question, Andy. Uh, basically, what Andy said up is is very important for new investors to understand. You have to identify individually as you what kind of investor you are. And Andy and I had gone through that discovery, and we discovered that Andy is pretty much a low-risk trader. And, but he, uh, and we put a precedence on low, medium, versus high. And we decided to diversify our portfolio or his portfolio into uh, these three groups. What percent of his investment is going to go in each one of those categories? And uh, a, mar a majority of his risk was going to go into uh, medium risk. And therefore, when, when you go into a high-risk trade, and that high-risk trade transitions from a high-risk to a, a, a medium risk, then we, you, you make a decision 
where do I, what do I want to do with that? Now, at the very beginning, uh, Andy and I um, went through a, uh, a debate about what percent ROI is our expectation when we close this trade out. And we had decided it was 20%. 20% could have been reached. But uh, since it was his first trade and uh, the risk was uh, minimal, he was making just as much uh, in that trade as he could lose. We did, and you only had to wait two weeks. He said it's low. It's me, now from high risk to medium risk. Let's let it ride in medium risk, and that's what we did. Right. Yeah, and it was. Uh, I tell you what. Like I said, it's a thrilling to be able to trade for the first time, knowing uh, what your risk is, uh, knowing what your reward is, knowing that if you let the option expire uh, or, or let the trade um, uh, continue on until the expiration date, which is only, I think, another nine days, uh, we have ourselves a, um, a really nice profit. And so right. so JP Morgan, uh, JPM, the stock had dropped down below 115, which is not where we want it to be today. And so, um, you know, we thought we were sitting really cozy at the beginning of today. I think it was at, you know, 118. Uh, we needed to stay above 116. It dropped below that to 115.5. Uh, why did that? Why do you think that happened, Mark? That's a great question, and and it's really an answer wrapped around Bitcoin. And it's it's like the chairman of the board of J.P. Morgan just cannot get out of the fire that he cast. Several months ago, the chairman of the board made a very aggressive statement to the SEC and to um, financial institutions saying how bad Bitcoin was and how, a cryptocurrency in general and that JP Morgan would never, ever invest in it nor do anything. Unbeknownst to him, JP Morgan has a think tank and those think tank investors uh, saw a drop in Bitcoin, which ironically was uh, created by the statement their chairman was making that day. So J.P. Morgan went ahead as, as the bank and the, the investors jumped and bought Bitcoin, which is you don't have the chairman of the board saying you're not going to do something in that same day. Do it. So right. uh, J.P. Morgan, um, uh, excuse me, the chairman of the board is, was being investigated for taking an opportunity that he had created. Now, um, the SEC annual report was due. Uh, today, Andy, and do you right. I, I do you remember what it said? Well, I do know that it had something to do with the fact. Okay, so this is what's interesting about the whole concept. Um, you know, when I was talking to my friend who worked for J.P. Morgan, he's you know, we talked about the cryptocurrency thing, and he's like, that will never amount to anything because there's no bank that's supporting it. So it's really interesting to get the inside scoop from a business manager at Chase, J.P. Morgan Chase to get, you know, all these different perspectives within the organization and then for them to come out with this um, uh, um, uh, announcement, basically, which says in this letter, um, you know what, uh, cryptocurrency is a competitor, it's a threat, um, and so we are treating it as such, and so it's a real thing that we now have to deal with. And my assumption is that the stock uh, took a dip as a result of the fact that they have made this admission. What do you right. think? And that's a, that's a good, that's a good assessment. And 
I mean, whenever you release an SEC report and you put in uh, that it is now competition, you've recognized it as a threat. You've recognized it as an entity in a, the business. You've given it legs. You've given it longevity. You've given it a effect. So if right. other banks are competitors, you're not going to list something that's a fraud as a comp on competition as uh, you might list it in a different risk class, but not as competition. So right. uh, I hope you don't list uh, fraud as competition, but um, yeah. If, <laughs> yeah. So in that, in maybe that article uh, or in that, in that SEC annual report, um, uh, there's a quote that states that both financial institutions and their non-banking competitors face the risk that payment processing and other services could be disrupted by technologies such as cryptocurrencies that require no intermediation. So indeed, they're looking at, including blockchain, they're, they're seeing that as a uh, competitor to uh, their business. And yeah. I, you know, I, I like that you, you brought this up because cryptocurrency is, is finding new legs since it started offering futures. The uh, cryptocurrency has found that it's stabilized in a way that um, a lot of investors didn't think it would, but experienced investors did. They thought, okay, once you have futures, you've now offered a way to hedge yourself. And, and now that you've got this, this ability to hedge yourself, you shouldn't see this, this volatile uh, change in the price as it raced up towards 20,000. Right. Now it's right. back down to 11,000. And I feel like we have a commercial in seven seconds. All right, so we'll talk about the time value of money and the JPM trade and why we're letting it ride after the break. <clears throat> oh, great and powerful wizard, tell me how I can make money. How dare you approach the great and powerful wizard? Not getting what you want from other investment wizards or advisors? Have you ever heard of options trading or spread trading? Have you not tried it because you don't know how? Look no further. Trade Caddy has the tools and education that can empower anyone like a professional. Their options chain wizard makes options trading simple, easy, and more profitable. Find out more by going to tradecaddy.com. Calling all traders, calling all traders. This is Power Trader Radio. Now, Trade Talk continues on PowerTraderRadio.com. Uh, we're back, and this is Mark Eli, Power Trader Radio. And we got on Andy Peterson, and Andy was just talking about a phenomenal trade he did with J.P. Morgan. A Andy, what was the ROI? ROI, return on investment on that trade. Well, it was it was phenomenal actually, and I'm trying to figure when the exact uh, the exact ROI was, but I believe we calculated actually I believe that uh, TradeCaddy calculated our ROI to be 88 uh, percent with a theoretical break even of 115 dollars and 21. But our return on investment, if we let the you know if this expires, 88 um, percent is very significant. Um, we what, have what was the strategy? A, Oh well, the strategy was to put uh, it was a it was a bull put, so we were expecting the stock to go up. Uh, we put a short put out there at 116 and a long put strike at 115. And so the what kind of trade price, is that? 
Oh, that's a credit trade, my friend. You gotta love oh. that. Yeah. yeah. You uh, yeah, you get paid to play. So once you once okay, so once you place this trade, you can just sit back and if you do not if you do nothing, then at the time of expiration, uh, your your primary exit is to collect in this case um, six hundred and forty dollars or sixty four dollars. I actually put I think two contracts in, so that's a uh, hundred and twenty eight dollars. Um, which on a trade that I'm risking uh, five or uh, $106 on. So I'm super excited about um, that trade to have my first trade to have my, listen, to have my first trade, have an ROI of 88.6%. And no offense, Mark, but you had nothing to do with me picking this. That's trade. right. You, you have everything to do. You and trade K everything to do with me leading me up to this point. But once I saw that, I thought, Oh my goodness, is, can, is this too good to be true? And then, yeah, I went back to you, Mark, and I said, is this too good to be true? And you're like, no. So the trade was placed, and now we're just waiting uh, for, the, um, uh, for the full um, return on investment to be realized. A lot of people wonder how many different strategies there are out there. There are quite a lot. There's pretty much 37 common strategies when you're talking about spread trades and how to trade them. And, and what Andy just mentioned is a bullish trade. Uh, like he was saying, it is a bull put and it uses two instruments. And what we call an instrument is an option. Andy, how many, uh, when you to trade an option, how many shares of stock does that represent one contract? Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's 100 shares. And so but here's the deal. You know, you talk about 37 different uh, types of trades. There's really just four. Uh, that's the, how I look at it. You have a long put, a short put, a long call, and a short call, and then everything else is just a combination of those four. I may be oversimplifying it, but I'm telling you, with just that knowledge and how to combine those uh, and using the proper tools or even just a spreadsheet, knowing what, how to perform, calculate your risk, you're set. Um, oh, that's so, well yeah, said. So, well, thank yeah. you. So that's in order to do like a covered call, I mean, you know, that's, you have to buy uh, 100 shares because one contract uh, is 100 shares. So to cover a stock, if you want to go out and buy a stock and then cover it, then you have to buy um, 100 shares of that stock. So in other words, I own, I think I own like 44 shares of Adobe. I can't cover that stock unless I bought 66 more shares. Um, and so uh, then I could cover it. So um, that's right. something that you have to, have to be mindful of whenever you're doing a cover call. Right. And for those who want to know about more about options, there are plenty of places you can find out. There's free sites all over. Of course, we oh. got some, and we got courses on Udemy that are absolutely free. They're really well done, laid out. And we've got courses on TradeCaddy, of course, and you can Google it. There are plenty of sites, and right. you just pick a place that means something to you and run with it. Make sure they're credible source though. You don't want to learn any bad information because uh, there's this old saying, unlearning something sometimes is difficult, more difficult than learning it fresh from the ground up. We got a caller. Yeah, we got a caller in there. Go ahead. Uh, The caller is our CTO, Ramesh Kumar. Uh, Ramesh. Hi, Mark. RK is uh, is from India, and RK went ahead and created his own investment account on uh, Thinkorswim, TD Ameritrade. And RK had a, a little bit of an experience setting up his account. And, and for those who are listening, 
how you're going to connect to this uh, is, is setting up a new account. And RK can tell you what it's like for an individual who um, doesn't have, isn't a U.S. citizen, who is uh, a permanent worker here in the United States, but uh, who doesn't, and, and the, he had to do a little bit more paperwork. Um, RK, you you didn't get your account set up that same day, did you? You no, had to fill out some no. more paperwork. I have to mail in my, you know, the document. They asked me to fax the documents, uh, so I have to sign it and fax it. After that, they just send me a couple of other documents wherein I have to physically write my SSN number and sign it and resend it. So I just sent those documents today. So I mean, sir, if if a person is a non-U.S. citizen, then he has he or she has to follow like you know, if if the person is U.S. citizen, then it will be done in like one day. Once they receive the documents, they'll just open the account. But if he or she is non-U.S. citizen, then they have to send the documents like suppose uh, they they may ask RSSM copies of some of the other documents that they ask, like, you know, they ask me some kind of address proof and other things. So I just submitted that information. Oh, tomorrow I, I think my account should be set up. And it was really interesting that too, because um, it, 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 incidentally, you know, we're putting together that uh, it's coming up. It's a free uh, covered call trade with uh, uh, Thinkorswim. And so in that, um, in that class, again, which is free, we, we take you through step-by-step step how to set that account up. So that becomes really useful um, if you want to actually use Arcade's experience there to kind of show you at what point they say, okay, please provide us with the additional information by faxing it into us or email or you know ma- mailing it into us. And so um, again, it'll take a couple extra days to fund the account if you're going to go ahead and transfer money over. If you're going to be if you're going to be trading options, they're going to want you to fund your account. Otherwise, um, TD Ameritrade does not require you to fund it. And we're not um, advocating only for TD Ameritrade. We have nothing to do with TD Ameritrade other than we're a fan and consumer of their great product. There are other uh, brokers out there, broker-dealers out there. Um, If you have, as a listener, have a recommendation for some, we would be glad to uh, talk about them on our upcoming radio show. Just send us any comments or suggestions to info at tradecaddy.com and we'll be glad to include it in the upcoming power trader radio show and if you want we'll give you credit for it just make sure you put that in the email or message and we'll uh, mention you uh, on our upcoming show Um, andy you were we were talking about uh, another trade that you and i went ahead and did a covered call um, it was on a pharmaceutical company from ireland can you believe it yeah this one this one was a lot of fun and um, it was ticker symbol AVDL, um, Alpha Victor Diamond Limousine. I forget. Maybe I should have said Delta instead of Diamond, but you kind of get yeah, the yeah. hint, and, right? And, the I mean, Freudian. You were, Mark, you were in the military. You got to yes, know sir. these things. Right, <laughs> right, right. Oh, my gosh. I don't, gosh. I don't, what am I I don't doing? know what else. Yeah, the Alpha, Victor, Delta, and then what is L? I can't remember. Lambda. Linda? Linda? Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe it is Linda. I don't really know. She kind of pops up everywhere. Yeah. I have a new nickname by Linda. It's called Scuff Uh-oh. Mark. You get it? Oh, Scuff oh. Mark. Oh, oh my gosh. Do we really want to bring this up? No. Scuff Mark. I want that to go away. 
Tell you what, if anybody tweets at Trey Caddy, why do they call Mark Scuff Mark, then we'll go ahead and let you know. Otherwise, we're right. just going to keep it this, uh, between ourselves and, of course, Linda. <laughs> right. Anyways, so, yeah, AB, no. AVDL, uh, pharmaceutical company, we were going out and we were looking for <laughs> opportunities. <laughs> We were looking for opportunities uh, where we could actually do a covered call. And uh, like Andy said, we had a couple criteria. Number one, we were limited in resources on what we could do. So we were looking for stocks that were under $10. And number two, we were looking for uh, stocks that uh, would return an ROI of greater than, in a, in a period of time, of greater than 10% within uh, 17 days. And the reason why it was 17 days, because that, at that time, that was the expiration of the March expiration. So, and then we were looking for another criteria, which had a chance of success of greater than 60%. So let's go over that again. We had time. We said 17 days. We had an ROI uh, of uh, greater than 10%. And we, get, in fact, at 20%. And we had risk, how much uh, we were going to put in risk, which, and also our chance of success. So uh, Trade Caddy has a product that answers all these questions. And yeah. um, it, it, what, what do we call that product? Uh, that product is, of course, our Double Eagle Light uh, product, which, let me tell you, Mark, Yes, you can plug in what you want your ROI to be, what, how much risk are you willing to take, and, and how far out in time do you want to go. And I believe that, um, that, uh, that uh, the double eagle light saved me from making a rookie mistake because I was looking at uh, all of this. And I really wanted to trade Netflix. I heard about Netflix overseas expanding their markets, jumping 40%, uh, doing all sorts of very bullish like moves. And of course, it could still end up doing that. Um, right. But we took a look at the technicals. We took a look at what Ari was saying about, Ari, which is our analysis research index, was saying about the stock. We took a look at the OCW that was saying, you know, among these things, there, there's some bad trades out there. You don't, Maybe you shouldn't risk it. And so um, instead, we kind of, I just, we took a step back and, uh, you know, I put my personal beliefs aside and I took a look at it from an analytical perspective. And so we just ran. I I don't know. I can't because once you run the double eagle light with whatever parameters, you don't have to punch in a ticker symbol. Then it just comes up, and you can then sort um, by ROI. You can say of these hundreds of recommendations, sort by the greatest ROI, or sort by the greatest ROI annually, or sort by how far in the money or out of money you, you want to go, or sort by ticker symbol. So I can't remember if we just sorted by ticker symbol, um, and ABDL was the first one because of course it starts with an A, but. This trade was amazing once we started looking at the chart uh, for ADL. So the stock price was $8.34, okay? And we sold to open the short call, which is the second part of the covered call, uh, for $2.10 at a strike price of $7.50. And so what happens is that lowers our cost basis down to $6.24. And if you look at the stock chart and you go back, like, I can't, maybe we went back five years, that stock was, yeah. was never, ever that low. So what does that right. tell you, Mark? It tells us that it, the market is going to have to dig down to hurt us. It's going to have to dig deep because we, we set 
um, our expectation, we want this trade to go through. And like Andy said, that stock, oh, by the way, in aftermarket, aftermarket, it is up uh, uh, 2.29%. It is now at $8.50 at this very moment. So we have a short call at $7.50. This is a very good position to be in. And this means we, we cannot make Holy cow, we this is the end of our show and you guys are going to be listening <laughs> oh, on my suspense. Gosh. Oh we can't tell you what's gonna happen. Well the short call doesn't expire until uh six fifteen, so we'll go ahead and, and uh make this a to be continued discussion. And and for those who are listening who wanna know more about um uh our products at Trade Caddy, you can find us at Trade Caddy and that's C-A-D-D-I-E dot com. That's how you spell that last part, not with the Y. Uh, we're going to go with the I-E. And uh, be sure to comment, send us info at info at TreyKetty.com. Make sure to yep, message Andy. Podcast. Yep, download this podcast. Uh, let us know. We're putting together bundles right now. We're looking for some advice on what products we should bundle. Let us know what you want, what you need, and maybe we can create a bundle just for you. And thank you for joining. We are glad you were here. See you next time. Welcome to Power Trader Radio's Trade Talk, the show designed exclusively for the savvy stock trader or investor of today. With the latest market analysis and strategies, stock market tips and tricks, investments with options and spread trades, Near report, news, events, analysis, and research. We put it together for you. Hosted by Andy Peterson and Mark Eli. And now here are your co-hosts, Andy Peterson. This is Power Trader Radio. Oh,